invest for cash flow, don't hope on appreciation. And try to just get to first base rather than hitting a home run on your first deal. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is. And that's when it is February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five. So you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Diego Corzo. How you doing, Diego? Very happy to be here. I am doing well. Well, I'm glad to hear that and looking forward to our conversation. Diego bought his first house at the age of 23 and started house hacking, and he now owns 18 doors, and he's based in Austin, Texas. So with that being said, Diego, will you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yes, for sure. So right now, I am a realtor in Austin, Texas. I am 28 years old. As you mentioned, I do own 18 doors, but I started young I didn't know what I was doing. I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when I was 21 years old. And that definitely changed my mindset of how I wanted to build wealth here in this country. I am originally from Lima, Peru, and I came to the United States when I was nine. My parents overstayed their visas. So now, fast forward years later, I am a DACA recipient. I am one of those dreamers that people read on the news right now. And I wasn't able to work or drive legally until the age of 22, but I was able to still make it happen and be able that by 23, I bought a property and then 28, I have all those other ones. And I do have passive income that pays for most, if not all my living expenses. Since you have been 23, you bought your first house. So that was five years ago. And you started with house hacking and now you've got 18 doors in over a five-year period of time. How did you buy your first house? The first home that I bought in Austin, one of them was a four-bedroom home. This was while I was working as a software developer at GM. I bought a four-bedroom home. I lived in the master bedroom, rented out the other three rooms, and the rent from my roommates paid for my mortgage. I was able to buy that home by putting down 5% with a conventional loan. And ever since then, I haven't had to have a mortgage payment from my pocket. And that's what's helped me continuing buying properties more and more. The good thing is that 
by house hacking, by living for free, it gave me the opportunity to save money and repeat the process because I was able to qualify for another owner-occupant loan a year later, and that's how I've been able to grow my portfolio. So what lenders are you working with? At first, it was really hard to get a loan, but now I've been able to work with some that are local here in Austin with CMG Financial, and then I've gotten a couple with Quicken Loans. They are able to do loans for the Dreamers with DACA. So I've been able to use them. And because of my situation, I've also had to partner up with people. So I was able to buy some homes cash with my dad or with another friend. And then we either do a cash out refinance or we just invest cash. So you've got 18 doors. Are they all in Austin? No. Right now I own two single family homes that I'm renting out by the rooms here in Austin. I own a few other properties in Florida, and they are mostly in like the sea areas. They cost me between 30 to 50 grand. The ones in Austin, of course, cost me a lot more. My first one was 170, and another one that I bought was 280. Wow. Uh, And then I'm also doing some Airbnbs in Tennessee. So I just started doing the Airbnb thing, and so far we're remodeling some of the properties, and next year we should be going all out with those units and cabins and condos over there in Tennessee. Wow. So you live in Austin. You've got two homes in Austin. How many doors do you have in Florida? In Florida, I would say around 10 doors. Okay. 10 doors. How many properties is that? That is four single-family homes a duplex, and a quadplex. Okay. What city are those in? The two single-family homes, the duplex and quadplex, are in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. And then I own two other ones in the Sarasota area. Okay. And then what about in Tennessee? How many units and where in Tennessee? In Tennessee, I own four doors. Two are condos. So the two condos, those are studio units. And then I just recently bought two cabins. So that's that's another two doors. And the two cabins, each one was 90K. Okay. Where are the cabins? They are in the Gatlingburg area. Uh, So in the Smoky Mountains. I was just there for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and it was beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah, that's a great place to go vacation for a family. You were just there a couple weeks ago. Was that the first time you were there? That was the first time I was there as an investor. Yeah. I went there years ago as a kid with my family, but this time it was nice. So did you purchase the properties prior to visiting them? I did. So what happened was I'm a realtor here in Austin and I was helping one of my investors. He bought two properties here in Austin and then he began wanting to buy out of state he bought a couple of cabins in Tennessee and then he ran out of cash. So that's when he reached out to me and we've been buying some doors over there. So you've got property in Tennessee and Florida and in Texas. How'd you end up in Florida? So in Florida, that's where I'm originally from. So I moved to Florida when I was nine years old. I lived there for about 14 years, went to college there, went to school there. And my brother He is a wholesaler in Jacksonville. I helped him get started in real estate over there. So 
he runs a wholesaling team and then he sells homes to his investors and I happen to be one of his investors. So that's how I was able to get started over there in Jacksonville. He introduced me to a property management company. So basically we buy the homes that are 30 to 40 or 50,000 and then they are renting out for 650, 700. When you think about your business plan, what's been most profitable for you, renting out the rooms in Austin or renting out the duplexes or the quadplex or perhaps now the vacation rentals that you just purchased in Gatlinburg? So right now, from all the properties that I've been able to do, the most profitable has been renting out by the rooms here in Austin because... For example, my mortgage is around 1500 on one of them, but I'm able to rent out each room for about 600 or 650 and one home as an example brings in around 2400. So it gives me a nice cash flow of 800 or 700 dollars after some expenses. But I was able to buy that property for example with less than 10k. So the cash on cash return, I feel has been great. And fortunately here in Austin, because of the way that there's so many companies that are moving here, a lot of the roommates work for either General Motors or Samson, Intel, Applied Materials. So they have great income. I also do background checks. I find them on Craigslist. So I ask them the right questions. And then fortunately, I haven't had many issues with the roommate so far, and I've been doing it for years. What has been a challenge that you've come across on one of your properties? So on the roommate side, there was a lady, she lived in the master, and then there was another guy living on one of the other rooms. And that guy had his girl over, and I guess they were being very, very loud at night. So one of the other roommates was complaining to me and then the guy was saying that she got jealous and all this other stuff. So fortunately, they were arguing and I had to get involved, but it just happened that one of their leases was ending soon. So then one of them just left and after that, everything went well with the home. But it's definitely something to consider if I would be having different types of roommates at the house. What's a deal that has disappointed you the most so far? It doesn't mean it's a disappointment, but it's just disappointed you the most out of relative to your portfolio. Yeah, I would say there was one house that we bought with my dad and it was around 50K. No, that one was actually, that one was 27K. And at that point, we didn't put insurance on it. And there was a hurricane that happened in Florida. So we had to pay four or five grand to take care of some stuff on the roof, remove a tree, and just make a couple of repairs that needed to happen. So for example, that was something that wasn't expected. So it just happened. I wouldn't say it's bad timing, but it just happened because we didn't put insurance on the property. Mm -hmm. And when you take a look at your portfolio, what direction do you want to take it? Because you've got vacation rentals, you're renting out single family homes, and you've also got the traditional duplex or triplex approach. Yes, right now, because of everything that's going on on the immigration side of things, I'm still working on long-term investments. And my goal right now is to get to $10,000 a month passively. 
if I can do that, I will be extremely happy. I plan on probably buying. So if I continue to invest in Austin, I'm only going to be doing the renting by the rooms just because it's a lot more profitable. The market here in Austin has skyrocketed, which means that there's very little cash flow, if at all, if people are going to be investing here on the residential side, just as if you get a home from the MLS or anything like that. So I see myself continuing investing on using the house hacking strategies or continuing doing Airbnbs with other partners. About how much does 18 doors bring in a month passive since 10K is your goal? So right now, I would say I have about five to six grand coming in a month. It's 18 doors. So that's about $305 a door. I did, I think I did 5,500. So essentially doubling the amount of units then is what you're looking to do. Yeah, that would be ideal. In terms of renting rooms versus the actual home itself. So let's just use one of your Austin homes, for example. What do you make on one of the homes? And then what would you make if you just rented it to a family? So in my Austin home, I'll use the first one that I bought. I bought it for $170. Right now, I'm getting around $2,400 a month. So I'm making a spread, just subtracting the mortgage, around 1000 or $900. If I were to put that and just put a family there, put it on the MLS, I'm guessing that it would rent out for $1,650. So it would not be cash flowing much in that sense once you allot for either expenses or property management in that sense. And the ones that I have in Austin, I manage them myself. So I'm able to get something that the normal investor would cash flow a hundred bucks a month in that sense. And I'm making it, I'm house hacking it in the way that I'm able to make around $900. Mm. Now, the idea is to do that multiple times so that for somebody that has a full-time job and wants to get started in real estate, I would say buying a home, living with roommates, and then continuing doing that because people are able to buy it putting three and a half with an FHA loan or 5% on a conventional loan. So the barrier of entry is pretty low for somebody that wants to reduce their expenses and be able to live with roommates so that they can either have extra cash to travel or have money to start their own startup or get the car that they really want. What type of management process or update should be considered when determining if we should rent out rooms versus rent it out to one family? I would say that renting now by the rooms, there is definitely more involvement. I would say, because I'm the one that buys the furniture for the common areas, for example. So I buy the sofas, the furniture and stuff like that. And then the roommates will bring their own furniture for the rooms. As far as having the roommates, each of them have their own lease and they end at different times. So from my experience, there are some roommates that want to stay for like a year. Others are okay with three months or six months. So there's definitely more involvement. So if you're able to get it be, there's a property management company here that does it for like 11 or 12% of the gross rent. 
And there's other companies that would do just the house, put a family in there for six or 10%. So it will cost you a little bit more if you were to hire a property management company to do it. But I would say if you want to manage it yourself, there's just a little bit more involvement. There are different ways to make it. For example, I put the ads on Craigslist. I get a lead that wants to live in the property. I schedule a call. I ask him a couple of questions. And then I send them a YouTube video of the house of me doing a walkthrough. So that if it's really a house that they want to live in, then I schedule a time for me to show it to them. Because I don't want to waste my time, drive to the house, and then they walk in and I'm like, actually, I don't want to live here, mm-hmm. right? And then another thing that I do is if I have three or four people that want to see a room, for example, I schedule them all within an hour so that as they're coming in, I'm only there one hour, I talk to four, and then I create urgency, and then I send them a link to apply, and it becomes first come, first serve at that point point. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? My best real estate investing advice is invest for cash flow. Don't hope on appreciation and try to just get to first base rather than hitting a home run on your first deal. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people trying to hit a home run in their first deal, get them afraid of not even getting started then they just wait and wait and wait. And while I've had friends or clients that wait, I already bought multiple properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your first comment about cash flow, not appreciation is so true because if and when a market correction takes place, that's going to be an important part of a real estate portfolio is cash flowing property versus just hoping that appreciation is continuing. Yeah, that's for sure. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be. February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Put in the code TAKE5TAKE and the number five to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly. So buy it today. Besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there. Besteverconference.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever book you've recently read. Best ever book I recently read, I would say Dotcom Secrets by Russell Brunson. I just read that one. What's the best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about in detail already? I would say the quadplex. The quadplex cost me around a hundred grand and I bought it cash with a friend of mine and it grosses around twenty one hundred. And we did a cash out refinance recently and we got around $70,000 back for me that I have very little money in the deal and it's cash flowing great. How do you structure that with your friend on that 100K cash purchase? This is an interesting situation because at that point I had 70,000 and he had 30. 
but I knew that in the future, I allowed him to buy another property with his own money and just add it to our portfolio. So for example, I put in a lot of the money on the quadplex and then we bought a duplex for 30,000. We put in 20 and right now we're going to be putting it on the market, but he put in all that 50 grand. So now we're short of 50-50 and I was able to add another two properties in my portfolio while I'm the owner of 70%, I make 70% of the money. But now that we are going to be adding more properties in our portfolio, that's when we structure the earnings to be 50-50. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? A mistake I have made, I would say recently was me not asking because I invested out of state. There was this one property that it had a detached garage and I forgot to ask the inspector if he actually was able to get into that. I forgot to ask him and when we got the crew to go out there to give us a bid, it added another, I believe, three grand that they had some stuff to do in the garage. So I just had to cut the losses there. Best ever way you like to give back. Best ever way I like to give back, I would say by sharing my story, because I came from not being able to work or drive till I was 22, to now the properties that I have to give them a sort of inspiration and to teach millennials that it's definitely possible to house hack, to get started in real estate at an early age so that they don't have to just be focused on their retirement account once they're 65 they can actually achieve financial freedom in their 20s or 30s. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? They can actually go to my website, househackingclub, househackingclub.com. That's where they can check out a little bit more videos of all of my projects and just get more detail on how to get started with house hacking. Well, Diego, thank you so much for sharing your story and the types of investing that you're doing from renting out the rooms in single family homes in Austin to purchasing vacation cabins in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and doing the more traditional thing in Florida, in Jacksonville and Sarasota, as well as talking about your thought process for why you approach certain things the way you do and how you structure deals creatively with business partners too and getting into the specifics there so thanks again for being on the show hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon thank you very much joe have a good day when it's friday at 4 30 p.m it's time for entrepreneur drinks podcast which is co-produced by joint ops properties and discount property investors join their end of the work week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.